0: Hello and welcome to Judgment Day, the film podcast that pits the films you're passionate about against Terminator 2. I'm your host Michael Carroll. Our topic today is maximalism, and my guest is Dazzy. Hello. Hi. Hi, Dazzy. Um, I um, I got to we don't know each other uh, at all. Um, I got to know you through Letterboxd, um and uh, just you were just someone that I follow. It's Dazzy Rock R O K D O Z Z Y R O K. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know uh, your 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 profile there, your 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 footprint on that. Um, just it was very interesting to me. Had been i had been interested in it for a long time. You you, um, you had like some very thoughtful reviews of some films that that I mm-hmm. thought were like deep cuts, uh, and then um, you were also like posting reviews of things I had never heard of that sounded really interesting, and then what I started noticing was that you were like articulating like there there are some things there are some things that you were articulating that like were drawing you to these films and one of them was maximalism so mm-hmm. um that's why I reached out to you and I wanted you to have have me on the show. So thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Um it's it's because I feel like I've had I've had multiple people um tell me that like that my profile is like intriguing or something and it's like I guess it's it would be because my perspective on coming to film is like very, very unlike most people who watch movies. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Um, sorry to just jump right in, but no, um, no, no,
0: please. They,
1: they. Uh, my mom. I guess I'll just say that my mom has been working in movies like since like the eighties. Um, like she worked at Canon Films and whatnot, and um, beautiful. so yeah, <laughs> um, but I grew up like having that background and being like taken on location to to like to like movie sets. and I didn't care at the time. <laughs> I thought I was like, I didn't like them. I was like, oh, I don't care about movies. I want to play video games. but um, at a certain point, um, I got really into this because a, a very, very important thing, I guess to uh, know about me. Is that um, my primary thing? Is that I started making YouTube poops? If you know what that is, I can explain. If you don't,
0: no, I I, I looked a little bit at your YouTube pro uh, your YouTube page, <laughs> and I was like really interested in it, but I I, I couldn't penetrate it. Yeah. So what are YouTube yeah. poops?
1: So um, it's a it's a long, rich history of these things, <laughs> but um around two thousand. 7 or 6 I, I don't know. the um, a video some a, a friend of a person who's a friend of mine now um Super Yoshi uploaded a video that was like a clip from the Super Mario Bros Super Show mm-hmm. of um like 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 a funny line from the show, like I think he's hot on our tail, and just like looping that over and over again.
0: Was it was so, it from
1: the animated segments or
0: from the live segments?
1: Animated. Okay. Um. Um. But like, I guess it just sort of spiraled from there. Of like, it started as like people taking like them old Mario cartoons or like like CDI cutscenes or um, um, just like weird things and like editing them in strange ways. Um. And it just kept growing and growing from there, becoming a community, a forum was was formed, and, um, and, like, people making stuff, and it, at a point, I saw, I, I, I got a, I saw, somebody at, school, at a summer camp showed me a video, um, showed me a CS188 YouTube poop, um, he makes, like, much more popular ones, or made, I don't even know what he's doing anymore, um, <laughs> but... I guess thing, one thing led to another, and I started making my own, and then I started really sort of going in these strange directions of getting really obsessed with making elaborate, like, um, like, edits in After Effects and, like, compositing a billion things on the screen at the same time and doing, like, like, like very, um, like precise masking out of like people from movies or T V shows into like other things and just have to just be like just like rainbow of colors and, and I just got really obsessed with going down there and it really kinda of became not YouTube poop anymore. It just became like strange video art. Um but yeah, like, yeah, from I, there... I recall
0: if I recall like um like something like Art Thou Board, uh it was a um it was a Macho Man Randy Savage like uh uh Slim Jim commercial and uh-huh. like uh uh, it was just, like, this, like, loop of just this one line for, like, three minutes. That that was sort <laughs> of, like, I, I want to get back to your stuff, but I'm just trying to understand YouTube poops. That right. was Like, stuff like that. It was, like, this weird, like, like, like if it was a song, it would be, like, an earworm, but it's, like, a video worm, right? Like, okay. So, so so yeah, so then you start creating this stuff, and it's, like, these huge past of pastiche. What's the word? Pastiche? Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I like a good word um, that I learned recently that really puts the... Puts it together is bricolage, which okay. is like
0: Ooh, that's a good word.
1: I like it. Yeah, um, it's a the like a bunch of disparate like alternative influences, like taking from everything that you're interested in, just mm-hmm. everything, a bunch of different sources, and combining it into a cohesive different.
0: so so you were so so that's when you kind of started to like think about maximalism or is that like yeah i started when
1: i when i was like spending like months and months on just like like down to the nitty-gritty of making every frame of a video have like a million things in it i was like oh this is so cool yeah i love doing this um and I mean, I didn't start there with movies. Um, my, f- my first exposure to really getting into movies was David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, uh, I was told by a friend um, that I should really watch Twin Peaks. They were like on sleep. <laughs> They were kind of like they had. They took Ambien and they were like they like did the thing where they were like accidentally not asleep and then they intended to sleep and they just rambled to me about twin peaks for like two hours and i was like i guess i'll watch it yeah <laughs> and i yeah. watched it and it was really cool and then i looked at moholan drive and i was like then all of a sudden after moholan drive my brain was like wait i didn't know you could do this in a movie i thought a movie was just like et or yeah, yeah. like back to the future like i didn't know you could make a movie that like sends you into a tailspin of what the movie even meant. Mm-hmm.
0: Were these like, these were like formative years? Was this recently? Um, this... I,
1: I would say that I didn't care about movies until 2015, cool. 2014, 2015.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah. And so, so, so you kind of got into it through Lynch. was, did, did you get to the straight story and did you have any strong reactions to the Straight Story? straight story? In, when I think of Lynch, I think straight story is really like something that like, I yeah. think about a lot these days.
1: Um, I I didn't watch Straight Story until very recently, but I like yeah. it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I really like his face, Farnsworth's face. Like it's very <laughs> like it does a lot. Um so uh maximalism was something I I was familiar with the term but only through like literary uh, as like a literary term. Like I I, mm-hmm. I was familiar with like maximalist novels. Um, you know, I've read um, Infinite Chest. Um, yeah, know... I'm reading
1: that currently. Oh, yeah? yeah? How, how far yeah. in are you? I'm uh, nearly halfway.
0: Okay, cool. I, I, full disclosure, I did it as an audiobook. Uh, yeah. So so uh, I say Ooh. I read, but I have a friend who I, I think would be very upset oh. if that. Uh, anyway. um,
1: you might have just, missed a lot of that book then.
0: I did i yeah, I mean I, I well I should say I was listening to it, and then i I would sit down with the hard copy and go over like um
1: the footnotes the
0: footnotes, so that was kind of that was so it was it was definitely like there's no one way to read that
1: book, oh I think, yeah, no it's just, it's like a labyrinth but yeah um, yeah, yeah, i've been like I've been reading it with my boyfriend, and the way that we've been doing it is just like he reads to me while I follow along and look at the footnotes.
0: Oh, that's, that sounds delightful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, well, man, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous that you get to go through it for the first time. I actually, I remember afterwards, like, uh, for years was still going back to actually my, back to again. And then Knausgaard, um, do you know, Karlov Knausgaard? Norwegian? I don't think so. He, he, he has this, um, long six volume autobiography called my struggle which sounds like hitler's uh, autobiography. <laughs> uh and um he it's it, uh, when i was in well uh, i i knew someone once who to, um explained it as maximalist minimalism where like it's like all like his whole life in norway uh and, and, like going like uh miniature and then going wide and like sometimes he's just talking about like like going to punk shows when he was a kid. And then sometimes it was like, you know, like help, you know, clearing out his dad's apartment after he died and, you know, Mm -hmm. just like, just kind of all over the place. But um, that, that was my understanding of maximalism. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know, for me, it was always like something that was like fun to like, for me, it was always like something that you're living inside of. Yeah. Is that is that, like, a fair... Like, when you think... what is, What is maximalism to you? Can I ask you that? To,
1: to, yeah. To me, maximalism is... Well, I've thought about it a lot, but I think...
0: Mm.
1: For me, maximalism is an abundance of things rather mm-hmm. than an abundance of one thing. Okay. Like, maximalism, to me, is... Is, like, a lot... It's, like, it could be, like, tons of visual information of all sorts, like... And tons of varied visual information or tons of, um, tons of information conveyed, like, in very, uh, like, very many different ways. Information, like, just, it's just a lot of, um, Hmm. and I don't, and, like, I've, like, debated with myself whether something being hyper-stylish makes it maximalist, and I don't think so personally. Um okay. Like, like, like watching like Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise, sure, it's very, very sleek and stylish, but it's very, very focused in doing what it's doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, um, but, but you would still think of something, I'm not familiar with that film, so it's, it's hard for me to like wrap my head around that, but, but you would still call that maximalist just because of like how it's like doing a bunch of stuff at the same time.
1: Um, not Phantom of the Paradise. Phantom of okay. the Paradise is quite focused. Um, okay. Um, but Brian DePaulo made a different film that I would call maximalist called Femme Fatale. uh uh-huh. um, Which is a film that literally, like, the entire time it's twisting and untwisting over and over again. In, like, different various, like, like, stranger and... Not stranger, but just more and more like, over-the-top ways. Just over and over again. Twist, untwist, twist, untwist.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: And it's, um, like, I'd call that quite maximalist because it's doing a bunch of different things.
0: Well, this is this is jumping ahead a little bit, but it's funny. I was thinking, uh, you know, one of my notes that I made for um, the Breakfast of Champions, which which we'll get to, is um, mm-hmm. that that uh, it has like a lot of um, Altman, a very Altman feel, um, in that both it's a lot of like um, small like. Subplots within subplots and and various characters, but like stylistically, it's all like uh, zooms and tilts. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's almost like a Luddite in in its style, but but at the same time, it's like encompassing like the whole world uh, at the mm-hmm. time. Um, again, I know we're going we're going to that a little bit. Like, does Altman strike you as like a? Do you, are do you are you familiar with Altman? I'm familiar with Altman. Um,
1: yeah, my mom actually apparently worked on a one of his movies but um the uh i don't know to be honest Mm -hmm. um i i think you know there is an argument there is an argument for something like shortcuts being maximalist i definitely think so um just because of just how much is going how many storylines are going at the same time i guess that would also make magnolia maximalist but you know it's Uh, really interesting because i uh I watched Breakfast of Champions, and I never, ever thought of Altman for some reason, even though Alan Rudolph was Altman's protege. Yeah,
0: I mean, but it's funny because it also, like, and that's one of the things that I thought watching it this time really stood out for me was the way that it, like, um, it, it uh, went from, like, um, like that Altman style to, like, just very, like, almost Max Headroom-y, like, uh, mm. like there, there are all these, like, fun, silly, like, lo-fi video montage stuff where it's just, like, visually, like, everything's, like, being thrown at you. Yeah. Um, uh, Here's one. Uh, Is, like, a a Marvel movie uh, maximalist? Is, like, Endgame maximalist?
1: Um... Well, Another. I definitely don't know. I, have, I haven't actually. I haven't seen any Marvel cool. movies, but <laughs> um, from what I could tell, yes and no. Mm-hmm. From what I could tell, I feel like it's maximalist in the sense that it is like commercially maximalist. Like, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> like it's getting, it's trying to get at so many people pleasing things. Mm-hmm. That I guess it would arrive there. There's a couple things on my list that I actually do not like. Yeah, that yeah. I think would get to this to this point. Um, but um Right, I guess like something like Endgame being so unwieldily long and have so many reference points and you have so many like uh
0: it's like, plots converging and yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I guess it's maximalist in a very very unsatisf- un- unsatisfactory way for me, but mm-hmm. um... see, <laughs> I really, I, I think there's a way to make a blockbuster like that that I would love, and the uh, industry is not
0: interested in doing that. Are there? Well, hmm, what's the what would the pathway for that be? Like, what are what are I some blockbusters like... that like spoke to you? I mean, I know uh, you've talked lovingly about like um, Speed Racer. I was gonna say mm-hmm. Speed, but uh, Speed Racer. Yeah,
1: speed Racer. Uh, yeah, um, I feel like there's, my, um, my opinion on things is Nolan killed blockbusters. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay,
0: let's do this, yes.
1: because okay. <laughs> um, I feel like until, um, Nolan's Batman movie, like Dark Knight, um, blockbusters would go for one of two extremes. Um, they would be either hyper-formalist and, like, fun and stylish, like Spider-Man, mm-hmm. or, like, um, or, like, uh, I Matrix? mean, some that didn't do well. I mean, Matrix, yes, I've been watching Matrix. I literally yeah. actually was just watching the third one last night, and I, oh, okay. I didn't get bed. But, yeah, Matrix is an, a great example. Um, like, blockbusters that, like, while... That are appealing to the, like, oh, this is so awesome! Look what I'm looking at, I'm getting so much eye candy, I'm yeah, getting yeah. so much like, stimulation. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and then there's, like, the alternative to a blockbuster, which is, like, the, like, oh, this blockbuster is actually really, like, like dark and fucked <laughs> up. And, like, I feel like the, like, the self-seriousness that Nolan b- brought to, to Batman Dark Knight sort of changed the trajectory of what of what the industry thinks people want out of a blockbuster
0: yeah i mean there was this uncanny thing for like uh really like four or five years after after dark knight and not right away but like you know uh by by 2010 where just like ever so much stuff was like uh just mimicking uh dark knight you know like like just down to like the weird plot points of like the bad guy who wanted to be caught and mm-hmm. yeah and 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 then kind of just like you know probably around the time avengers started picking up steam like you know it kind of pivoted away but then there's some snark and you know yeah
1: yeah there's deadpool factors in um one thing i really want to say though mm-hmm. that's like the funniest thing Dark Knight and Speed Racer were in theaters at the same time, yeah, so it was like the it was like the ultimate choice for the public. Yeah, Pick your yeah. poison.
0: <laughs> they had they had their options, you know. Like uh, <laughs> you know, you can't say, um, "Hey, um, so so we we have we have uh, a few films to, to yeah. uh, get to here." I, I, I really want to talk about. So first off, we want, we're going to talk about Spree from just last year. It's it's on yeah. Hulu now. Um, uh, fun movie. Um, it, 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 damn, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Well, I mean, I know Eugene Kotalorenko name searches, so if we talk about 3
0: he'll probably see this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he name searches because, you know, just the vibe of this, and like, right. I haven't seen Wobble Palace, but what, what I understand about Wobble Palace, um, yeah, it's, it's a really fun movie about, uh, like, a Uber driver who, um, is this, like, young streamer kid. Um, it's, uh, the guy's name is Joe Keery from, uh, he was on stranger things mm-hmm. and, uh, he kind of has like, yeah, he has that, uh, John Ralphio vibe. If you're, if, if people know, um, Parks and Rec and, uh, he, but like, you know, kind of twisted, it's like taxi driver. He, um, he's like trying to get likes. He, uh, um, and it's just him on a murder spree. And, mm-hmm. um, how did you, uh, how did you come across this? Well, um.
1: I had already been a fan of this director, because um, I I stumbled upon the movie Zeros and Ones. Well, because uh, Wobble Palace was showing at a theater near me, and I was like, "What is mm. this? Why do people? Why are Why is this getting bad reception? This looks kind of good." Um, later, I found out it's just because people don't like Dasha, but yeah, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I. Looked into this director's stuff, and I found that his debut feature was a like a screen feature, like *Unfriended* style thing, but from way before, from like 2011, a *Zeros and Ones*. Um, is it 2011? Is it 2011 or 2009? It's just a very early time, like, basically the first screen film, really. I mean, not yeah. really the like the first real like like that. Um, and it and I watched. I I uh, seeked it out. I had to get it on iTunes. I was just, like one of the first people to log it on Letterbox. I had to find it on iTunes, and I watched it. And um it it's very interesting because it clearly like was obsessed with like old early internet, like it wasn't at all trying to be like go for realism. Um it was it was maximalist. It was um like it's it's idea of the way um Zero's and ones would interpret the internet would be like this very garish sort of like MySpace homepage type thing where the people are moving in the boxes of the frames of the website um the plot wasn't too great <laughs> but um the, the approach was so awesome and so um, so so
0: by unfriended you mean it's like it's like a movie where like the whole oh, time you're just watching from the screen like the you're whole watching movie, from the, like, screen, the, the screen the screen like is a fake. laptop or something yeah
1: yeah but the computer looks fake as hell it's like the yeah, fakest yeah. computer yeah um, but yeah, no, Spree is like that. I mean, Spree was... And then, like, I saw that Spree was coming out at Sundance because I, I followed the guy on Twitter, and I was like, ooh, a new one from this guy. Um, but I did not really know what the movie was at all. Yeah. Um, but, like, when I saw it, when I finally got to see it, um, my opinion is that Eugene Kodolarenko has fucking mastered, um, has mastered the art of doing this kind of movie way better than anyone else because he did what nobody else has done, in my opinion. He made... Um, he used the screen gimmick, like the, uh, the like the 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 screen film, the like found footage horror movie.
0: That was the phrase the, I was like, looking for. Yeah,
1: a he used go. he used the unfriended, um, like style. Like we were looking at screens to see the the um, premise of the movie mm-hmm. as like the ultimate genre formal gimmick, like the ultimate genre formal like, style, like, no longer is it, like, oh, it's cool because you're looking at a screen. It's, like, you are doing filmic, you are, like, you are, like, achieving, like, filmic tension through the, 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 um, the merit of it being on this, like, like, through screens. Yeah. And I also think that it is the, the most, like, insightful, like, I've spent, like, well i've been like entirely like like extremely online since i was like (laughs) way too young and i feel like this movie just like speaks to that yeah like it, it, it you you've met if you've been online as long you've met people that fucking act like this that have like that have like completely deluded themselves
0: so hard yeah so 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 that is actually one of my questions so this like uh you know, I don't know. I, I, I suspect I'm a little older than you. I I don't. I, I've been online, but you know, I'm. Not, I, I I don't think I'm. I've gone I'm through young. periods where I'm really online. Um, I'm young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is this was this did did this character seem like someone who's like real to you? Like like there's very. Oh yeah, well, they yeah. felt no. Actually, I don't think the movie is
1: real. It's hyper mm. real, as in like yeah. these characters Ooh, that I are like being. That. Yes, yeah. the characters that are being shown on screen are like, per like, what is it like the personifications of online personas acting in like a real space. Like these people are acting inhuman. Like like every character you encounter in the movie Spree acts like how somebody would talk on an anonymous forum, but yeah. in their person. Um, it's just been like, like
0: metabolizing, like into their, into like their day to day, like how they yes. interact with other humans in the <laughs> real world. Right. Uh, yeah. I honestly, I was watching that and I was thinking like, uh, you know, I was just thinking about like this, this, this show I do. And I'm just like, boy, I, I, I need to like, uh, try and come off as more like, uh, like, yeah. It's just try and engage more with like actual, you know, people when I'm doing this stuff. Cause sometimes I feel like I'm just like trying to get to like, anyway, um, or or just in general like like when i'm like trying to like like if i'm promoting my show or something like that i you know i, I do an awful job doing that but like uh mm-hmm. but like you know it made me feel a little better that i don't do as good a job but um <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know maybe it's the wrong thing to say in this form but uh but yeah it it hyper real i like that because it was like um uh i didn't expect it to um like penetrate like my you know uh like get into my my make me nervous it made me very nervous to watch it uh in a way that like a normal horror film went or or or, or doesn't or or can't you know oh, so i also um,
1: think it's it's like funny as fuck it's, it's so, so funny, funny. <laughs> there's some
0: there's some good kills in that movie yeah <laughs> uh i the other thing that the other observation i had uh, was that uh, I, I i watched it on an ipad and mm-hmm. um for the first five minutes i was just like um I was watching on Hulu on an iPad and I again because I'm old I had to I, I, I usually have subtitles on, I had to turn them off and I got so frustrated that I couldn't get the like little uh bar to disappear <laughs> at the bottom and it was actually like the movie. Like so so just so people know, like A you should see this film. B, you know, like part of what's happening is that this guy's going on this killing rampage and everything is just from the perspective of these GoPros that he sets up on his Uber is, is quote-unquote uber and it's all like um streams from his instagram it's uh you know just showing where he's going on his uber mm-hmm. app and um and and just and also the like the social media footprint of all the people around them so yeah i mean it was it was really interesting mm-hmm. so i really dug it
1: and i don't think i'd call it maximalist
0: oh ooh, okay all right go ahead
1: <laughs> um because i feel like while it is um while it has a lot of
0: like stylistically things, it, has it's a, it's a
1: lot of, it has a lot of stylistic flourishes yeah. but it's very 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 intentional all the time nothing is ever nothing is ever um, excess it's always yeah. it's just enough
0: um, let's talk about memories of matsuko mhm yeah, um, that's my
1: favorite it's one of my favorite movies
0: yeah um, this is definitely one uh, uh, i'm curious how you came across this one
1: yeah. Um I if I recall, I found it from a list of my uh, late friend Eli Hayes. Um who had a list that was like um it was like new new visions of cinema. I think the list was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on there was just this Japanese movie I'd never heard of, and I just kind of watched it on a whim, because I, I liked the poster. And it just happened to suddenly be, like, the most, the one of the best films I'd ever seen. Um, that's the true maximalist film for me, like, next to Speed Racer, that is, like, the true application of maximalism. Honestly, more than Speed Racer. Um, because in that film we are we are tackling so many things at such rapid speed like we have we have like these like these like like live action cartoon sort of thing um going on like all the time, but like every single story we see is shot in like a different filmic style,
0: yeah. And um, it it does that funny thing. Let me back up just a second, just to center the audience here. So this is this. No, no, no. I'm sorry. So this is. So this was a 2006 uh, film from uh, the director was Tatsuya Nakashima. I Mm -hmm. hope I'm not butchering that name. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's um, a uh, just like a a shitty twenty something dude who uh, I would say shitty, but
1: it's it's yeah. It's like like you said, a shitty twenty something got down his luck. Nothing's going right in his life. Uh, breakup, and uh, he gets a call that is he has to collect the belongings of his dead aunt, um, who he's he's told over and over was uh, was worthless, meant nothing. Um, she had she had no she had no purpose in life. Um, and through him collecting, through him going through his belongings, he gets very very interested in the story of her, in like her life. And through. Um, his conversations with people she knew and things that she touched and everything that she interacted with, we see her life story from beginning to end. And, um...
0: It's it's a tough story. She had... She... She... uh, She endured a lot of suffering. Yes. But I feel like... I feel
1: like the movie is hopeful, right? In my opinion. I feel like the movie... The movie... I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna, like tell you how it gets this but in my opinion i feel like the movie implies like no matter how no matter how worthless you may feel no everything you've done everything you do affects other people yeah your 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 existence on this earth uh changes it
0: so so just backing up a second because we were talking about like the the style of the film and i just just one thing i really wanted to illustrate that that like caught my attention is that like the film opens with this guy like partying get, his girlfriend breaks up with him he buys some porn he falls asleep like jerking off to porn and then like uh, he gets this call from his dad all within like the first like two minutes and then yes. these like Disney animated birds come out and they're they're flying about and they show you the title and the title is like the, the gone with the wind type face and it, it's like it, it goes from like yeah this like Dingy film to like this, like sprawling epic, and and um, yeah, it's it's an is
1: probably the best opening
0: I've ever seen. In the film. <laughs> it definitely got it, gets your attention, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's it's also the epitome, in my opinion, that's the epitome of the epitome of maximalism. Every like five seconds, you're getting a different thing conveyed to you in a yeah. different way, in a different fashion, and like the music is cutting in, out, in, out, like, like you have like. You have songs
0: that were composed for the movie that play for a total of like three seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 like, there's there's musical numbers. I mean, basically, this woman, her life was set up to be like in this like uh, nice, like okay, middle class existence, like uh, a little further out, like in like non Tokyo, Japan. The woman's life is set up to be like this kind of like. uh Lower middle class, like uh, she was going to be a teacher, and then like she just she just has she has bad luck, and she has and she's living in a system that like is clearly not like valuing women, and um, you know, and and her life just kind of like goes through slumps, and then there's some highs, and you know, there's like a lot of abuse, um, but there's also a lot of I don't know, it's just it's it's not just miserable. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. and I think the film really like captures like a lot of like. Um, well, I, I was thinking about it, two things. It, it, it makes me think of like Forrest Gump, which is not a film that I, you know, think of very fondly. Um, uh, but also, there there was some interesting like. That there there was some Amelie esque whimsy. Is that yeah. like is that like a fair thing? To say I I, have... I wouldn't have I wouldn't
1: have said it before I rewatched Amelie recently and my brain mm-hmm. and went oh this is like Moscow
0: oh that's interesting <laughs> yeah yeah um, but but you know I think with Amelie there's some you know there's there's like the adorkable like uh, thing is on the rise and and with this movie it's it's like going for it's like going for like a really like the the full breadth of a life. Uh, uh, and it's and and like uh, under like exist- it's sadness ex- coexisting with like it's it's like what makes it wonderful. I don't know what what else uh, what else is there to say about this. I think it's just something that people should just really yeah, like, find out and just get the word of experience. mouth. Experience it.
1: it's an experience. Um, I don't really want to spoil the magic of it really that much. Yeah. Um, because really, you can't really know how. How beautiful this film is without literally seeing, hearing, and experiencing it because it is very much audiovisual experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's just let's just tell people, hey, you guys should just everyone should just check this this movie yeah. out. <laughs> um,
1: Memories of Montecchio.
0: Yeah, the next one I, we started uh, in, into it a second ago, but Breakfast of Champions from nineteen ninety nine, just a, an adaptation of Vonnegut's uh novel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, which I've I remember, never
1: read. I don't, I don't even know if the if the movie has anything to do with the novel. So, of, so <laughs>
0: I was gonna say. So, I, so I, this this movie came out like just like a, it was received like a fart in church, uh, in 1999. I checked it out because I was a fan of uh, Vonnegut. Uh, you know, as like most like video store clerk like white guys in the suburbs <laughs> like would be you know like, like uh, at the time, and you know I, I think I had like a pretty like. Um, normal like um approach to it which is you know just didn't kind of get the novel and and it stars bruce willis as uh Dwayne hoover and uh it just wasn't that uh good of an adaptation i watched it i watched it it's since like grown in my imagination like I, I i think about it uh with some regularity and um you know i i went back to it and uh yeah, as an adaptation, it, it's not very strong, but on its own, um, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what was it? So, uh, so you. So this was something that you 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 had a lot of nice things to say. Um, yeah.
1: What, um, hmm. Well, I I had known about this movie vaguely because I. Because when I was in high school, the only books that they made me read that I really ever got anything out of was when I had to read stuff from Vonnegut. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder if there's any adaptations. And there's this one, and, and I looked at uh, rotten tomatoes, and I like, and maybe I shouldn't watch it. But then I like <laughs> they, uh, much later, I um I, I did end up checking it out on my friend Evan's recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's wild. I think it appeals to something in me that wouldn't appeal to the majority of people who watch movies which is like i love when a movie feels fake
0: (laughs) 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 yeah this definitely feels like that (laughs) um yeah i mean honestly the weird thing about the film is that i think it does i i it weirdly i think it actually like it, it adapts the like tone of the book very well because the book itself is like such a like uh, not th- it's a series of sh- like observations it's just really just writing there's like not really a plot I remember that was my thinking when I was Ooh. a kid like there's not really a plot it doesn't start until like literally 10 pages before the book ends and really all of the action is within like the like confined to like a couple of paragraphs wow. and then like the last 10 pages are just like the fallout of this and um, this film kind of like stylistically like I think it gets a lot of like what was going on there i just think like like you were saying about like speed racer versus uh the dark knight i, I think it's just something that like people just aren't you know it, it turns them off for some reason um mm-hmm.
1: i mean i've found that um a lot of people in general don't like to be overwhelmed <laughs> they, they, i mean yeah. sure i i really do i really do yeah. like to be overwhelmed <laughs>
0: i like to have i like to have a, like to have a, a myriad type of experiences and there's a yeah. bunch of different types of movies so yeah yeah i mean
1: like I, yeah, I, I like I'll, I'll say um maximalism isn't the only thing i'm interested in yeah no
0: no no. yeah yeah <laughs> um one of the things i liked about um one of the things that stood out to me about request champions was how much it is about loneliness and how much it's mm-hmm. about alienation which is a, a kind of like it does kind of get on a, like a lot of the same wavelength of matsuko in that way um there's like uh there's this this it emphasizes the parts of the plot where like everyone either like they they're feeling unseen or Mm. they're feeling like they're the center of the universe and so it really is a movie that like lives inside the heads of a community uh which which is like um you know i think for like if you're trying to tell like like a, a really like um sitcom type of what am i trying to get at here if you're trying to do like ordinary people or something like that like a real like oscar bait sort of thing that's not usually how it works it's you're you're trying to like understand like one life and this is kind of uh, this it's kind ensemble of, yeah ensemble. it's an ensemble yeah 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 and i i want to take a second because i don't get to talk about them as much on the show but it's interesting because Bruce Willis has an interesting relationship to comedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, in fact, I would say like, uh, like all the, like what I call them, the, like the planet Hollywood trio of Stallone and Schwarzenegger and, and Willis, they, um, they all kind of dip their toe into comedy in different ways. And, and with Willis, it was like, he always seemed to really want to be funny. More than any of them, and he always seemed the worst at it. Uh-huh. And I think he's really funny in this movie. He in this... is, but yeah. it
1: feels like it feels like a like he's not in control of that funny. It feels like the funny is at the expense of him, which I can't. Yeah, like. yeah.
0: Yeah, he's not—he's not in on the joke. I think that's part of yeah. what like makes it work. I mean, maybe—maybe maybe he was himself. Maybe but he like, is, but, but yeah, he doesn't play it like he is. That's the thing right. is, like, I feel like he tries to be funny in other things, and like he, there's just no point. Is he also was like giving a fuck back then, which he's just kind of like. He stopped kind of shortly after, maybe because of this. Who knows? He he. Uh,
1: the the movie the movie strikes me not as him doing a comedic performance, but him doing a very earnest per, uh, portrayal of like a mental breakdown in a comedic world.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because, I, again, I think it's a film that people should try and like. It's 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 not as easy, easy a film to find as some might think. It's I Think it's going yeah. kind of like, um, oh, to spend like. I guess I'd it
1: say apart. I guess I'd say like if you watch it, go into it with an open mind and try not to think about what it's trying to be. Just watch it for what it is. Well, and
0: also I just want to say Albert Finney's great in it. Nolte, Nick Nolte's in it. He's great. Um, yeah. Barbara Hurt, like. Glenn Headley was was like one of my favorite actresses for the longest time. Uh, it, you know, there's just, yeah, there's just like a great ensemble cast there. Mm-hmm. So speaking of which, um, Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. Um, um, so uh, I saw this, uh, it's funny, the way a, COVID has been very kind to this film, <laughs> I would say. The way that like mm-hmm. uh, people's brains are just like uh, turning into mush. I know mine is I I saw this film when it came out in the theaters uh, with my then-girlfriend, now-wife, and, and, like, we were so broke at the time, and I think we were, like, really excited for this film, where I was, because Kaufman, you know, the trajectory of, of Kaufman's career was just, like, um, you know malkovich was such a like uh being john malkovich was such a like zeitgeist of a like yeah. the the late 90s was just like it just that and rushmore came in and they just like kind of like repositioned what an idea of a film was mm-hmm. uh it kind of been calcified by like a lot of like the miramax indie films and and like you know uh big blockbuster stuff and then like by adaptation it's like oh it's he is, he is definitely one of the key voices in this. And then like, you know, um, Eternal Sunshine, Human Nature, those are you know, great. And then he kind of had radio silence, and then it's like here's this big thing, and he's going to be at the center of it. And it's and, and so, like, um yeah, we, we went to the fancy theater in downtown Brooklyn to see it. You know, I snuck in a bottle of wine. It was like a big date night. I always and wanted
1: to see this movie in a the theater.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was so big. It was so fun. And it just, like, sucked all the fun out of that date. <laughs> um, and and here we are, like, uh, 13 years later, and it's like, I, I, I'm i living with it in a way that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, so that's, that's my own introduction to it. Uh, I think this is a film that doesn't really require much of an introduction, but it doesn't
1: require much of an introduction. Philip Seymour Hoffman's
0: making a play.
1: Yeah. Philip (laughs) Seymour Hoffman's making That's all you need to know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so there's that, um, that movie, I, I've never stopped thinking about it since Mm -hmm. I saw it like four or five years ago. Um, all every day, I think about that movie. Um, it's one of the most inspiring, but also devastating pieces of art that I've ever seen made. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's maximalist in the sense that it wants to be about everything. It yeah. wants to it wants to touch on every possible subject it can. It in general like death. Loneliness, uh, sex,
0: disease. um, Masculinity and femininity.
1: Yeah. And, like. And I think what's so fucking, like, impressive about it is while it's tackling all these heavy subjects, the movie is quotable for me like a comedy. Like, the lines, (laughs) like. The lines don't feel like they're, like death monologue they feel like human speech.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's 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 really well, okay. So I what was interesting going back to it this time is I think I was I got it. I got I got the jokes a little yeah. bit more. Um so there are like two surreal things going on at the same time. There's inside the production, um, there and that's where everything is like meta and meta and more meta and more meta uh he hires people to play himself so that he can look at himself and uh, and then there there are people who are playing the actor who is playing him and the women that he's in a relationship with and then um but then outside the production um things are just unstable like the, the the ground isn't hard you know like uh uh, not literally all the time, but sometimes um, it, it, there's it, there's more of like the dream logic inside of that, and um, and it, it is it is a terrifying film um, because because there's nothing to grab on grab onto. But I think you're you're right. Like I think what Kaufman kind of had to do was make this thing like feel like oh, it, it has a warm blanket of a movie feel or like mm. you know like th- that's sort of like broadly like what it's going for but
1: like if while the movie, doing all if that... the, like if the movie was made like hanukkah or like whatever then how would you watch it <laughs> it's like you can't if the movie hanukkah then like michael hanukkah oh oh okay yeah, like um, like if the movie was made like a self-serious, yeah. like dark art house film. It would be too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah, again, it doesn't really explain. You know, it, it takes it takes it, it. It sits with the fact that it's okay that like you don't necessarily follow what's going on, mm-hmm. and you know, I remember like um, it's. I'm just trying to recall like how I felt about it originally because it's not that I it's not that I disliked it. It's that it was not. Um, it was not satisfying uh but you know i could tell that it was asking me to meditate on things that i was just not comfortable like doing at that point in my life so Mm -hmm. so that's why that's one of the things that i think is really interesting that that was something that connected with you so so early on
1: yeah um i um i watched this movie when i was in high school um Mm -hmm. first time and uh I think at that point in time, I was very obsessed with interpretation rather than emotional feeling. Okay. So I kind of got lost in the interpretation of it, but then like later on, it would su- the the interpretation led to feeling like more emotionally to the concepts being explored and then I just it's just been like I've like constantly felt different things about the movie like I've watched it before as like a comedy I've watched it before as like the, like the most depressing thing I've watched it before as like a labyrinth I've like watched it before as like I don't know it's just like so many things it's 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 just like it's just like I mean what I imagine Infinite Jest is going to be I don't know what the book's gonna do I'm halfway <laughs> yeah. through but so far I can tell that the book is trying to make a world within the book and that's kind of yeah. what Synecdoche is
0: yeah yeah yeah, it's funny. There, you know, um, there, there are like details that I was watching that I thought, like, um, like when they show they show the map of the uh, hangar uh, mm-hmm. of the set, and uh, it, you see it early on, you think, oh, some like lazy art department, uh, you know, put like a little flap on the map where that where the hangar inside of the hangar is. And, um, I think at the end of the film, like you, you know, uh, rather than have it be like one clean piece of paper. And then at the end of the film, you see that it's like, uh, that you open that up and there's a map inside of a map and uh, yeah, I, I don't know where else to go with that. Well, I mean the, the, uh, the name of
1: the movie factors into this exact thing, um, mm-hmm. because the, the word a synecdoche is a figure of speech that means a part that a part to represent the whole. Yeah. Meaning, like a little thing in the in the in the grand scheme of a bigger thing that represents the whole bigger thing in that single part, and it also it's like a play on like Schenectady, New York, like the yeah price. yeah yeah yeah. So it's like it's like implying like in this little movie of this one guy in the in 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 probably dead in New York, um, he we see. We see a a portrait of what would be the collective consciousness of humanity in New York and in the world, and like other like little things that I mentioned, like I love 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 the part where um they mention it's like every single person is a main character in their own story, and like there's like parts where it's like you like you like walk outside and it's just in the corner of the frame, just in the background, you can see everybody's wearing gas masks, and it's yeah. like why you don't know what happened, but something has happened that that's like it's like you see you see background characters you see like extras have arcs like everybody is living the same life basically
0: yeah it's, it's sort of yeah it's got like that uh, tati kind of thing going on where like yeah. you're kind of you're not looking at the center of the frame you're kind of taking in the whole image yeah. um you know uh emily watson's uh doing some interesting stuff in here and, and like not even that emily watson is uh, she is always doing interesting stuff but um she is playing samantha morton in this film until she's asked to go to a funeral on her day off and then she which suddenly pi-
1: dropped the accent and she, and
0: she's and she's actually emily watson and uh, you know kind of as i think of her uh and it's funny because she appears and you just you know i kind of get what he's what Kaufman's going for like you know like um uh, and, and, but now, okay, but then it's not just that she's not an act, that act character that she's playing. She's her own character. But she was also doing this thing where she is playing Emily Watson on a meta level, how I think of her. And then I was thinking that there are like scenes with Philip Seymour Hoffman where he is playing. He's having the big Philip Seymour Hoffmans from other moments at times. Like he is doing stuff. Where he's like saying something like dirty on a phone line uh, when he's at his daughter's deathbed, mm-hmm. and I was like, like oh, con- you're like in happiness. I had a couple of other examples uh, that they're, they're slipping my mind right now. Or you have uh, him like screaming at the top of his lungs, like punch drunk love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either
1: both, either both, probably movies that Coffin saw and was like, this guy. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Or, or or even like Tom Noonan is is kind of doing his most Tom Noonan. You know, mm-hmm. not that he's ever not doing Tom Noonan, but he's <laughs> very Tom Noonan, uh, Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it just, it, 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 he's going for the experience of not just, like, that, that was the thing that I, like, I think a lot of his films are about, what's it like to live inside of my head? And yeah. with this one, it's like, what's it like to live inside of, like, a collective unconsciousness? Yeah. I don't know. How does the sure. ending sit with, like, what, what goes on in your mind with, with the ending? with the ending um, Like I'm not, not like if you have like the key to the answer to what the oh, ending's about, I mean, feel free to share. But there's that's... not
1: one key. I could like tell yeah. you a million scenes of what <laughs> I thought about. But yeah. um um something that I gravitate towards is um you could interpret the ending as the entire time in the movie we have been we have been not in reality, but not in unreality. We've been in um memory, guilt, and regret of, like, his life, yeah. like, like, throughout the entire movie, we are seeing, like, probably multiple aspects of, like, experiences that he's had, or, like, things that he thought, like, all happening at the same time, like, the entire breadth of everything he's experienced, uh, assaulting him in one condensed period, and the end of the movie is just, like, him concluding doing that, like, he is, he is he has reached the end point of everything that he could possibly be. And he is gone.
0: I'm glad that I went back to this film and I'm looking forward to getting old with the film. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, I you know, um, uh, I, I appreciate you kind of like elevating this film in, in, in a few, you know, in, in the way that you did. Um, because um, I think I remember just thinking like it is something worth going back to, but then, you know, like, the mind just like things just slip the mind so easily that like Mm -hmm. you know I I just I need an excuse to go back to stuff like this sometimes and that's part of why I do the show but
1: so one thing that um, I have a perspective on that I feel like a lot of people I talk to don't is that since my entire film consumption period has been condensed into the last six or six years Mm -hmm. everything has been retroactively viewing um except for new films that are coming out like yeah yeah in these late 2010s and 2020s but everything i have experienced has been like experiencing from my current perspective with regards to the original reception i wasn't there to see speed racer bomb i wasn't there yeah. to see to see people write off breakfast of champions i wasn't there for people to freak out about the matrix everything is from my current perspective being 22
0: so um yeah i like that um do you do so when you when you think about a film do you put some thought into like how it was received and why it was received the way it was
1: yes but i also feel like a lot of the time i will disagree with like the public perception i'll be like but i like this thing about it i want to yeah
0: it was so funny because you know i he he's such a like um Uh, he's such a like a weird like monolith, I'll say, uh, in, in in the way like my generation like thinks about movies. But Roger Ebert, like, Mm -hmm. it's so funny. He, this was, this was like obviously the, the big film that he championed. And he was such a a weird tastemaker for so many people for so long. And, um, and yet it really did feel like, um, things, Eras had changed that he wasn't able to kind of turn the tide on yeah. that film. Are you familiar with like what he said about it or anything like that? Or I've
1: read his review. I really yeah. like his writings. Yeah. Um, I've. I also feel like um, we've reached a point in film consumption. Like we're reaching the ultimate point of uh, <laughs> of a consumer over critic.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, look at. <laughs> Look at that Sia film, music. Um, okay, which I've, non- I haven't seen
0: it, but I heard I heard there's something. Um, um, so, shitty about it.
1: so Sia made this made director this film called Music uh, recently, which is uh, from what I saw about the trailer, it's about an autistic child, like teenager, who whenever she listens to music, like wonderful things happen. It's like oh, autism, I don't know, but I, but it's like people like people like. I mean, I have I I, so I have autism and ADHD, but uh, it just looks very like exploitive. But I guess the point is, is that that film was preemptively nominated for three Golden Globes before it got the um, intensely negative reception. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was yeah, um, whatever that new Ron Howard thing was. Uh, he'll right. go yeah like like just it's like um, it's like
1: the critic the critical the critical like like the critical stance and the uh public stance is wildly different yeah so it's, like it's something zombie like zombie
0: institution something,
1: something like uncut gems which the industry seemed to kind of ignore has been like a sensation that has been memed and and talked about constantly since i like really like that movie um and um something like, I don't know, whatever the fuck was going on, like Green Book, nobody gives the yeah sh-
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that, that, that movie is just like like it should might as well be called like like a kind of problematic film that my mom likes. You know yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that that describes it as good as anything. Uh you know let's let's segue over into um Terminator 2 and um I, I let's start by saying you sent me uh some uh notes about it early on. I'm very excited to talk to you about this film. Uh, you had not seen this film before.
1: Uh, well, I think I had seen parts of it. I mean, I think I like the Universal Studios Terminator ride more than the... Uh, ooh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, let's, let's get back to that. Tell me, tell me uh, You. so you, you sat down with this film recently for this yes. podcast. Yes. What was your, how did you feel, what was your take on it?
1: Well, um, I, was watch, I watched Terminator 1 before. I, I watched okay. some of Terminator 1 before I tried Terminator 2. Um, I was liking one better
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but my my problem with Terminator Two is that it embodies the exact thing that I thought I hated movies before I realized I liked them. um I really, really, really dislike that sort of eighties Spielberg tinged like like' like oh the perfect neighborhood with all the houses that mm-hmm. are like triangular on the top and they ride the bike down the yeah they ride crane, the bike down crane
0: shot and yeah over the, the branches of the trees sure yeah. it,
1: it feels so tired to me it's what I've been told movies were and my 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 love of movies is from exploring what movies can be that hasn't been before. I really, like, I really like a movie that makes that surprises me. That makes me feel like, like oh, I've never seen something like this before. Um, and watching something like Terminator 2 be just the thing I'm familiar with, I just didn't really get a chance to engage. I mean, I, I kind of already was rolling my eyes as soon as the bad to the bone played with, with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> busting out of the, um, uh, the bar. I was just like, oh, great. I, so they know what this movie is already.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's good. Okay, so, so it's it's that it's it's that it, it felt like because uh, I I think, uh, it, it's a little different of a beast from Amblin. I'm, I'm not trying to push back anything you're saying here. I just want to be clear because mm. I uh, it's a little different from Amblin, but it's it's uh, from like an Amblin film. But what you're saying is that it, it has like a familiar. It has
1: a familiarity, it has that vibe. I mean this extends to me not liking John Carpenter either.
0: Okay. Ooh, Um, okay, interesting.
1: I I feel like the My my nineties nostalgia is in like the hyper utopian future, like like non like like, but I was really, I was actually when I was watching Terminator One, because I'll say like mm-hmm. Terminator Two, I just like I almost instantly tuned out. But Terminator yeah. One, my brain was like, oh, this is weird. How was this popular? This feels like a B movie that wouldn't like go anywhere and would get released on Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, it's was, a slasher
0: like, that like escalates into a sci fi dystopian.
1: It, it was kind of weird, and I kind of liked it. And the music was awful, which was so funny. Um, <laughs> of the first one.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. Yeah,
1: the music sounded like a DOS game, like LucasArts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. but like I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, I didn't finish it either because I wanted to do other things. But um, you know, I don't know. I feel like I'd like I, I I'd take a uh, I'd take a Wachowski's or a Robert Rodriguez over a, a Cameron any day. I guess.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, Uh, And just because, like I said, you know, I I told you this, um, you know, before, like, uh, um, I'm excited to talk to someone who, like, I do this show because I I tend to think of this film as the film that, like, um, a regular person as I know them would look at this film and say, hey, this is a film that I like, or this is Mm -hmm. a good film. Uh, And and so, like, uh, then you talk about films that they're passionate about, and it's like, do you think of these films as better or worse than a pretty good summer blockbuster Hollywood product? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, uh, one of the things that I, when I think about this film is uh, the, the the way like, there is something of a void in like, the like uh, male like, uh, lead figure, because there's like I, and, and, and feel free to disagree with any of this, mm-hmm. but like there's like, um, the, there's no like, like we're not in the pathos of like, uh, uh, like a man because, uh, of like a, you know, high testosterone man, there's like a little boy, there's, um, a woman who's like, again, like enduring a lot of like crazy shit in her life. And then there's like uh, a machine. Um, I think when, pe- one of the reasons why I think it does tend to work with a lot of people is because it does sidestep that stuff, um. Is that, was that interesting to you at all? That that there
1: was... I, it has the like Spielberg like kid who plays guitar to ACDC, like go to the arcade and whatever, and it and it has like like these archetypal characters, and like even so in its portrayal of Arnold Schwarzenegger as like an inhuman machine, it's still it's still indulging so much, and this man with muscles who punch a hole in the wall is so
0: epic. You yeah, know? yeah 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 yeah. Okay, and no, that's, I, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, I mean, one of the other things, one of the other projects I'm getting at here is I'm trying to understand what this film, what this film is for me because it's mm-hmm. it's mercurial. Every time I watch it, like w- when I was younger, I thought like this is a film about motherhood, and it like really meant a lot to me. And then like I watched it again in my 20s, and I was like, no, this movie about special effects, or this movie, <laughs> you know, so so it changes every time I every time I watch it. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm trying to like. Um, so, so I appreciate what, these outside perspective, well, uh, And that uh, is
1: what Key is to me. So.
0: Yeah? And Speed Racer, too, a little bit. Yeah?
1: Cool.
0: Yeah. Um, I, so it sounds like none of these films, you, you, all these it's, other films we talk about mean more to you than Terminator 2.
1: I'd say most films I've seen mean more to me than Terminator 2. <laughs> That's great, man. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'll, I'll say just a yeah, well, broad, I, yeah. I'm just going to say a broad yeah. statement about just, like, my relationship with movies in general. That's great. Um... One thing that I would like to say is that um, I see a lot of people always talk about, like, oh, when you reach a certain amount of movies, uh, you get jaded, and it's like, oh, if you're a film critic, um, you don't, like, you you don't like, you haven't liked a movie in 10 years or something like that. I try and actively combat that, um, and I feel like my like indulgence in things like mag- like like seeing maximalism and like blockbusters or like being really obsessed with like a film doing a crazy new thing that I haven't seen before or like or like something like um something like Carlos Regatas making a film that feels like it's its own language. I feel like trying to see any film as being worth being the, the coolest thing ever like, keeps me on my toes, and I don't think, I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of watching movies as long as I enjoy, um, you know, what I enjoy. I think me, as me, um, there really isn't anything to me besides what I want to make, and what I like to watch, and what I like to do, and what I like to say. And I don't think that could change about me. I don't think it's changed for years. I mean, it's like... I feel like things about me have been... I've I've grown. I've, like, come to conclusions about me as a person in my life. But I don't think the core of me has ever changed.
0: I like that a lot. Okay. Um, you write about movies on anything that have been letterboxed, or... Like- no,
1: I mean, letterbox for me is really... It's it's actually mainly meant as just a personal diary for me. My main my main uh, venue is I want to make stuff. I want to make mm-hmm. a movie. I want to make I've made some short films. I intend to make a pilot. Um, I have a friend who seems that they, they might help me work on something that could possibly get like an adult swim or a Netflix type release. I mean that's awesome. all up in the air all up in the air, entirely yeah. up in the air. But yeah, I, I love making stuff and i love using what i learn from watching films to inform what i'm making even if it's not a movie i'm making like if i'm like doing like a comedy sketch or like writing a like a performance piece i'll take everything i've experienced and try and apply that
0: that's that's exciting i'm you know like i you know I, I like your i like um what you put out um i really like your perspective on stuff so i appreciate you coming on yeah too, thank you um right, so we'll <laughs>